You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. If you're new to our church, I probably should clarify, my wife said I was her favorite preacher. That's my wife, you know. <laughs> so we don't, Our other preacher's pretty good, too, so I just wanted to let you know that. Anyway, we're glad you're here today. Praise God. I've got, I'm excited about today's service. I want to share with you something real briefly. Uh, you may have heard I wrote a book. And uh, if you didn't hear about it, I did. But I want to share something with you about this book. Uh, these are going to be made available at the end of the service in the table in the foyer. And uh, there, there'll be a box of some sort for donations. Uh, they will be offered on donation-only basis. Uh, all of the money from, uh, that you give, or all of the money that comes in on this book from wherever it's sold, goes to the work of God. Uh, this is a, a first fruit of faith. Uh, everything that, uh, uh, all the proceeds that come in from it are, are either going to go to missions or benevolent uh, giving. And so you're given to something that uh, the Lord can use. But I want to share with you just briefly about the book. I went through a struggle, a storm a couple of years ago. And during the course of that storm, uh, the Lord began to give me these little nuggets. And I began to write them down on my phone in my notes app. And, uh, you know, I don't know why I don't normally do that, but at any rate, uh, when I got through with that trial, uh, the Lord just kind of carried me through that trial in a way that I had never actually been through a trial before. I've been a Christian for 32 years, and I've had a lot of struggles and trials, but most usually I, go th- I would go through them whining or complaining or wondering how come God's not showing up, and, and, and you know, I don't, have you ever done that? And, and uh, so anyway, but this one here, was different because God just carried me through it and I had, we had peace and victory and joy throughout the course of it and as the Lord began to give me these little nuggets I began to write them down and when I got done I, I felt prompted that God would have me to put them in a book form and as I began to sit down and write the book each chapter that I wrote it was as if the Holy Spirit was just flowing through me and well it wasn't as if he was I would come home and I would read the chapter to my wife and I would sit there and just weep and there was times when I would look at her and I'd be like, man, I don't even know where that came from. You know, I used to, I used to tell my people when I was pastoring uh, that um, I wished every person could, could minister at, at, you know, in front of a congregation under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because if you did, you would have so much more respect for the message that goes forth from the pulpit. Because I can tell you, and Matt would probably be able to tell you that as well, that many times we get up here and we think we're going to say one thing, but we ended up saying something totally different. Tony knows what I'm talking about. I mean, the Lord just carries you in the stream that He wants you to be in. And, uh, and I really feel like that's what happened with that book. Every chapter, God would just begin to pour through me. And uh, so anyway, uh, if you're going through a storm or a trial, uh, or you are uh, know someone who is, uh, you know, get one, give it to them. I, my, my prayer is, is that it will be a source of strength and hope to somebody who's struggling. And that's what it's all about. It's not about me at all. It's all about God. And so we just want to make those available for you. Like I say, they're, si- they're all signed. But if you would like it to be personalized to someone or even yourself after the service, when we offer those, I'd be happy to do that. Amen. So give the Lord praise for that. Would you do it? All right. Are you ready? Praise God. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4 today, and somebody brought me a thing down here. I like that. Thank you, whoever that was. Praise the Lord. Was that you, Jeremy? Oh, okay. Forget it. All right. <laughs> that was your moment, man. You could have. All right. Okay. Hallelujah. I'm sorry? What? Oh, I thought uh, Tina already did that. I'm sorry. Children, you are more than welcome to leave. You'll probably have more fun with them than you will with me. Although we are going to have some fun. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Give our children's workers a big hand. Will you do it? 
Man, that's a ministry, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, I want us to look in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And we're going to be talking about a storm today. Amen. Before we read the Scripture, I'm going to have a prayer. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Father God, Lord, we just thank You today, Lord, for this opportunity to come into Your house. We thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your Word. We know that it is anointed, God. We don't have to ask for Your Word to be anointed. God, Lord, we just pray, God, today that You would anoint our ears and our hearts to receive the Word. We pray, God, that You would anoint this vessel to bring forth the Word. God, we pray, God, that the, that the Holy Ghost would just take that message that you are giving today and, Lord, just drive it home and make it effective and applicable to our lives. And, Lord, we, we praise you for that and we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. I want to get you in, in a habit there, you know, say amen. Okay, all right. Are you ready? Okay, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, And the same day when evening was come, He said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. This is a great story. Man, I, I, I don't have time to unpack everything in this story. But I'm going to do my best, okay? And, but this is an awesome story. Uh, we see Jesus, if you look in the passages pre- previous to this, Jesus is at a place where He's teaching the Word of God. Uh, we know that it was the evening time uh, when they decided to uh, make their voyage across this lake. So all day long he had been teaching. No doubt, the Bible doesn't say it, but you know that there were probably sick people and people that needed to be healed or maybe delivered. And, and, and they were obviously brought to Christ. And he was, he was ministering all day long. And so when evening time was come, because, you know, they didn't have floodlights back then, so when the sun went down, it was pretty much over. And so when the evening time was come, uh, Jesus tells His disciples, He said, we're going to get in this boat that He had been teaching from, and we're going to go to the other side of this lake. Lake Genesaret is the lake. It was about seven miles wide, and the boat that they got in was about 27 feet long. So we got 13 people in a 27-foot boat. And they're taking a boat trip. And the Bible says that there are other people along with them in smaller vessels. And so most of the multitude probably went home. It was probably time for them to go to bed or go get them something to eat or whatever. But then there was uh, several that, uh, you know, that decided that they was going to take the trip with them. And so uh, as they get into the boat, uh, Jesus... Okay, where's Kurt? Come up here, Kurt. I asked Kurt if he would volunteer to help me today. He has no clue what he's in for. But he was a brave soldier. Okay, Kurt, come on over here. <laughs> You're going to be Jesus. Okay, so just step right up here. And I brought you a pillow right here. So I need you to just lie down. I told you it wouldn't take much effort. And, and so just, you just make yourself comfortable. There you go. You know, just however you like. You can turn on your side, whatever you want. Let me make sure this isn't the one I drooled on, is it? Okay, good. All right. Okay, so good. All right, so we're good. And so Jesus, you're going to be Jesus. All right, so you just hang tight. I'll get back to you. It'll be a little while, but you just rest. And, uh, you know, I've had people go to sleep on me before, so don't worry about it if it's okay. And uh, so anyway, Jesus gets into the hinder part of the boat, and the Bible says that he, that he takes a pillow... Okay, some sort of a cushion, and he lays down, and he, and he decides to go to sleep. Why? Because he's exhausted, man. Ministry can be very exhausting. 
Amen. And so uh, after all day of teaching and healing and ministering to people, uh, he is ready to uh, rest and, and get some relaxation and some refreshment. And on top of that, he knows that on the other side of that lake, if you read a little further, is a guy with about a thousand devils inside of him. And Jesus is fixing to meet them head on. So no doubt he understood that he was probably going to need some rest and some refreshment in order to, to be up for the game, you know? And so things must have been calm. I mean, I like going fishing. We go fishing at night over at Grand Lake most of the time because I don't really have time during the day to do it. And so, uh, you know, I love going out there at nighttime and catching those white bass. And I love it when the water's nice and calm. And, you know, and, but boy, I don't like being out there when, when it starts getting a little choppy or windy because it's nighttime. And so I probably wouldn't launch my boat out if I knew there was a storm coming. Most people wouldn't, you know. And so I'm assuming that when the disciples got ready to get into the boat, that they probably kind of surveyed the situation because even though some of them were tax collectors and what have you, there were a few of those guys that were actually fishermen. I mean, you know, they've been in a boat and they fished at night. So this was not their first rodeo. You know, they knew what it's like to, to get out on a sea at a time when they shouldn't be there. And so they, they probably looked around and thought, wow, man, things look really good. Yeah, this is going to be a great voyage. Uh, you know, let's just shove off and head that way. So they're out there in the middle of the evening, in the night, in the calm water, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, suddenly, there appears a storm. A storm. I want to talk about storms today for a minute. Because I don't know about you, but I don't like storms. Now, there may, I know some people who say that they like storms. You may be one of those persons who say, oh, I love a storm. You may never have been in a storm. I don't know. But I don't care for much for storms. April 4th, night, uh, 2017, uh, about two years ago, I guess it was, uh, I was in a storm over in Goodman, Missouri. In my, I was in my building when a tornado hit it and took the roof clean off the building while I was inside of it. Uh, Brother Keith, he works for the fire department, and uh, I walked out the door, and the fire department was like this far away from our building. I mean, you could barely walk in between the two buildings. And when I walked out and to survey it after it was over with, to survey the situation, and I turned and looked at the fire department, the only thing was there was the fire trucks and the slab. The building was completely gone. The next day I went over there to see how bad my, my roof was. I, I guess I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention, uh, you know. And I was up there on the roof looking around. I'm thinking, where's my roof at? I mean, it was here. <laughs> where did it go and I seen Keith and he goes brother your roof's out there in that schoolyard about 150 feet away and uh, so I, I, I didn't care much for the storm personally myself so I'm not a big storm guy and ever since then I've been a little nervous about storms I'll be quite honest with you okay but this particular storm I want to share with you for a second don't go nowhere Jesus you can hang in there all right. And this storm in, in the Greek word is called a lilaps. A lilaps. Everybody say lilaps. I know it's just kind of a cool word. Lilaps. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A lilaps is on that that Greek word is only used three times in the in the New Testament. Two of the times is in reference to this particular event. One time Peter uses it to use it as an analogy of how, how much destruction that false teachers bring upon the church. That's the only time it's used. There's other times when the word storm is mentioned or, you know, tempests and things like that, but this particular word's only used three times and two of them has to do with this particular event. And when I looked that word up in Thayer's Dictionary, this is what it says. It is a storm breaking forth from from under black thunderclouds in furious gusts with floods of rain throwing everything topsy-turvy. In other words, it's a, it's, a, it's a mega storm. It comes out of nowhere and the next thing you know, everything around you is in, is in turmoil and chaos. And right when you thought things were smooth sailing, you find yourself in a situation to where you discover that nothing seems right. Amen. You ever been there? Man, I've been there. And, if you, and, and I'm going to tell you something about everybody in this room. I know three things about everybody in this, in this room today. You have either been through a storm, 
You are either in a storm or there's one on your horizons coming somewhere. I can guarantee you that. Unless you check out, there is one you're coming your way. Why? Because storms are, are inevitable. Amen. We're all going to experience them. The Bible says that, the, that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. It has nothing to do with whether or not we're good enough or bad enough or, or whatever. But there is going to be times in our lives when things are going to get topsy-turvy and winds are going to blow and chaos is going to come and you're going to be finding yourself in, in what feels like a very perilous situation. Amen. And so when you are there, Amen. Those storms, they can feel very frightful. Amen. Storms seem, you know what's frightening about a storm is it's uncontrollable. Huh? Don't we hate it when things are not in our control? I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a control freak, man. I mean, you know, I am a control freak. Back when I was in the world, even back then, you know, before I got saved, I mean, you know, I was not one of those guys that waited till Friday night when I got paid to go find out if I could find some weed somewhere. I mean, I already had it all set up. I knew exactly where I was going. I, wouldn't, I was going to make sure nothing was going to screw my life up. You know, I mean, I was just in control, you know. Even from the time I was young, I was in control, I guess because we had so many uncertainties in our life. But, you know, after I got saved, amen, you have to learn something when you become a Christian. The thing you have to learn is, is that everything doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> Amen. That Christ has to be in control. You know, before I became a Christian, my life was like a wagon wheel, you know, and I was the hub. And everything coming off of that hub, all the spokes of my life, like my job or my relationships or my money or whatever, it was all, what, what can it do for me? You know, I wanted to make sure I was the center of attention. But, you know, after you become a, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and you really get a hold of the principles that the Word of God teaches, you find out that Christ has to become the center. And everything that's going on in your life, it's really not about how it affects you. It's about what is Christ trying to use that thing for in order to uh, better the kingdom of God, help us to grow as a believer. Are you with me today? Amen. And so storms, storms can seem uh, very threatening. They can seem uncontrollable, and they're uncertain. I, I know when I, was, when I was in that building that, that day, I mean, that, man, that thing came up on us. I, you know, I was sitting in a group. I had a counseling group, and I got a, a message on my phone that you know, said there was a storm coming. And and group was close to being over, so I just looked at the guys and I said, hey, will not you guys go on home? Looks like there's a bad storm headed. We're almost done anyway. And so those guys got up and walked out the door. They don't, they don't hang around long. And as soon as they hit the door, I mean, I, I, I mean, it was not three minutes, four minutes at the tops. And I was on my face on the floor in my office, and that storm was hitting and you know what? I, you know, you always hear the same thing. Those of you who have been in a tornado, you know, you know what that is. You know, it sounded like a train. <laughs> Everybody says that, right? Sounded like a train. Yes, it did. And I could hear the things, you know, hitting the outside of the building and, and, and the wind blowing hard. And you know what was so scary about it? And I was on the phone with my wife at the time this was occurring. And she can tell you, I was laying there and I said, babe, I guess this is it. I mean, I thought, this is it, man. This is how I'm going to go. I guess this is it. This is how it's all going to end. And, uh, and I was like, I love you, you know. I'll see you in heaven, whatever. And, 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 but I, what was so scary about it or what was so disconcerting was the fact that you cannot tell if it's getting better or it's getting worse. You know, you're laying there and you hear this wind. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, is it passing? Is it almost done? Or is this just the front of it and more of it is to come? I mean, how long is it going to last? Man, storms are uncertain. And, and you know, when we go through storms in our life, it's like that, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're sitting there thinking, okay, we know we're in chaos. We know things are messed up. But how, how long is this going to last? I mean, you know, what's coming next? What's around the corner? You always hear, you know, right when you think, you think things couldn't get worse, they got worse, right? Amen. The origin of storms are varied. You know, 
Matt last week talked about Jonah, and that and he would, they were in a great storm. Where did the storm come from? He told us. The Bible says clearly God hurled that storm into their path. Amen. Sometimes God will bring a storm our way. You know, Job had no clue what was going on in his life. And you know what's funny about the book of Job is that when they get done and, and, and everything gets settled and God blesses Job back, there is never a place in there where God says, oh, by the way, Job, let me tell you how all this came about. The devil showed up saying, hey, you know, I got it going on. And God said, oh, really? Check out Job over here. He's got it going on. Try him a little bit and see how things work out. And Job didn't have a clue what was going on. All he knew was his kids were dead. All his cattle was gone. His houses were blown away by a tornado. His health was gone. All of his friends thought he must have done something wrong to bring it upon himself. And his wife even walked out there and said, Man, why don't you just curse God and die? And, and you know, Job never ever let up. He understood that there had to be a purpose in all this. He didn't know what it was, but he knew he served a living God who was able to calm the storms of his life. Amen. Sometimes we don't have the answers. Sometimes, sometimes Satan will throw a storm our way. I personally believe that's what this was about. Because Jesus was on His way across that lake to meet a man who dwelt in the tombs in the cemetery. The Bible says that He was full of devils. Amen. That no chains could hold Him. There was no, you know, He ran around cutting Himself and, and, and just out of His mind. And, and, you know, I believe Satan already knew that the Son of God was heading His way and deliverance was on the way. And boy, let me tell you something. The devil will try to keep you out of church. He'll try to keep you away from God. He'll try to keep you from the Word of God. Are y'all hearing me today? Amen. Don't, don't think that the devil won't throw some things in your path. I remember a couple that got saved in my church in Reeds one time. And they said, and the lady came to me and she said, You know what? She said, before we got saved, things seemed like that they were pretty steady. Well, they were pretty steady because they, they stunk. I mean, they were in poverty, they were in chaos, nothing was going right. I mean, you know, they were struggling, you know. But she said, man, after we got saved, it seemed like all hell broke loose. It's like everything's just coming down on us. And I was like, no kidding. That's because the devil didn't have to fight you before. Amen. When you start living for God, you start trying to do something for the Lord, and you try to get your life, you know, in the stream that God wants it to be in. Let me tell you something. The devil's not happy with that. We do serve a God who is real, and there is a devil that is real. And he can only be in one place at one time, but he's got a bunch of little imps who love to come around and just elbow you right in the ribs. Are you hearing me today? I'll be there in a minute. Hang on. I appreciate him doing it. Okay, we're going to get there. There's some things to remember about storms. The first thing is that they are inevitable. I said that already. The second thing is they are revealing. I look at this, uh, I look at this passage here, and you know what I see? I see the disciples doing what you and I do. When the storm hit, the first thing they did was they tried to do what they could do on their own. That's what happens most often. When we have a situation come down uh, that, that's, out, that's seemingly out of our control, the first thing we do is we try to act in the flesh. What can I do to fix this? We all want to do that, right? I mean, you know, what can I do? Well, you know, these guys, they were out in the middle of this boat in the middle of a storm. The water, the Bible says the water was coming in the boat. I mean, I'm sure that they were making some adjustments. You know, hey, let's lower the sails. Hey, let's dump, you know, dip the water out. Let's, uh, you know, everybody get in the front of the boat. Everybody get in the back of the boat. Come on, we got to figure out how to make this thing happen. And so they did what they could. But guess what? Sometimes we get in those storms where we do all that we can, and that's all we can do, and it's not helping. And when that happens, the next thing that occurs is fear. That's where faith should occur, not fear. But what happens is, is that most usually when we are, when it is out of our control and we can't fix the problem, we become scared because we think that we are the end gate. The, the source stops with us or the buck stops with us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it says they, they, were, they were bailing the water. 
They were doing all this stuff, and it was revealing to them as to what, where they were really in their faith. You know? Jesus was in the boat. Hello? <laughs> I mean, 27 feet away was the Son of God. Amen. This was a guy, this was, they didn't just start, they hadn't just started with him, although it was early in their ministry perhaps, but they had already seen the water turn into wine. They'd already seen blind eyes open. They'd already seen people healed of palsy. I, I don't know if they had seen somebody raised from the dead as of yet, but they had seen enough to know that this man, they saw the catch of fish. They, they had seen enough to know that this guy was the Son of God. So much so, so much so, that they left their professions and their homes and their families and they, and they took upon themselves a desire to take up a, a ministry that they had absolutely no training for. I mean, you know, that's the step of faith, brother. When you step out into something, you don't know what you're doing. And you leave all your family and friends and you set yourself up for ridicule and you're in direct opposition of the religious leaders of those days as well as the government leaders of those days. And you're setting yourself up and you're saying, hey, I'm with him. I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm with him. They had some faith, didn't they? It's not what Jesus said. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, how come you don't have any faith? We're going to get to that in a minute. Storms are temporary. Huh? Are y'all with me today? Storms are temporary. I got good news for you. This is something I learned in my little trial is that you can come through a storm in a bad way, or you can come through a storm in a victorious way. Either way, you're going to come through the storm. The storm's going to end sooner or later. Okay? It will pass. This too shall pass. So if you're in the middle of a storm right now, and you've been whining and complaining and griping about it all this time, Amen. And, you know, and you're like, man, I sure ain't been the man, God's man of faith and power. That's for sure. I mean, you know, I don't seem like I got any faith. Well, I got good news for you. Hey, guess what? It will end. Amen. And if you're a child of God, God's still going to come through for you. Amen. You know, He's never going to let you down. He's always got your back. God has always got your back. The Bible says that we have been made to always triumph in Jesus Christ. We are more than a conqueror. Hello? Amen. We are not the, the, the tail. We're the head. God has set us up to be victorious. Amen. Now, we may not act like we're victorious. We may be like the disciples out there freaking out, throwing water out, and probably yelling at each other. But, but at the end, God is still going to come through. But that's not the point. The point is, James said, count it all joy when you fall into trials. Why? Because the trying of your faith bringeth forth patience, and patience, when it is finished, will make you complete and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, God uses the storm to build us up. Amen. And so as we go through the test... If you ever took a test in school and you failed it, more than likely you had to take it again. Amen. So if you don't want to take that test again, get what you got to get out of it now so that you can move on to the next thing. There's always going to be a next thing, though. I want you to know that. I mean, we're not going to reach any pinnacle of success. I've been in the ministry for a number of years, but God has never called me and gave me a plaque. I haven't got any awards yet. It says, hey, Duke, you're done, dude. You're as good as you're going to get. It's not happening. Amen. You're still growing. Storms are very revealing. Amen. They're obvious to those around us. You know, here's something that gets lost in the story. Amen. Here these guys are out there in the boat. Amen. The storm is there. Jesus is in the boat with them. Huh? This is, I mean, this is, his, this is his entourage. This is posse, man. I mean, the posse is in the boat with Jesus. The other little boats, little boats, notice it said other little ships with them. In other words, their boats were much smaller than Jesus' boat. And the storm is still on the same sea where they're at. Come on. And so, I mean, I'd rather be in a 27-foot boat than a 16-foot than a boat 
or a 10-foot boat if I'm in the middle of a storm, wouldn't you? And so like these guys were toiling as well, I'm sure, and they probably thought, man, wonder what the, wonder what the disciples and Jesus are doing. How are they weathering this? And they look over and they see Jesus asleep. Huh? And they see all the disciples yelling at each other. Well, I told you we shouldn't have went out there. You're, you don't ever listen to me. Well, you're not even a fisherman. What do you know? I mean, I, I, well, let me drive the boat. You never knew how to drive a boat to begin with. Honestly, did you ever think about it? When we're going through a storm, people are watching us, man. Our children are watching us. Our grandchildren are watching us. Our co-workers are watching us. Our, our unsaved relatives are watching us. Amen. I talked to a friend of mine this week that I had not talked to in probably 30 years. A fellow by the name of Leon Weathersby. Leon was the first guy that I worked with at American Air Filter in Dallas, Texas. He was a black guy. And me and him became friends right after I got saved. And he came to our wedding and him and his wife. And, and, uh, but you know what? He wasn't saved when I went there. And when I started working there, I'd, I'd come in, I'd be happy and singing, and, and you know, and he, he started asking me questions, and I think I told y'all that, I'll tell you this about, yeah, anyway, um, uh, anyway, he got interested in what was bringing that joy in my heart, and you know what, Leon ended up getting saved, and Leon looked at me one day, when, the day he told me he got saved, and he said, Gary, when you shine, you shine on others, amen, and man, tears just streamed down my face. The other day, Leon called me. My wife found his son on Facebook and gave him my phone number. And it's the first time I talked to him in 30 years. And I said, man, how are you doing? He said, I'm still keeping the faith, brother. I'm still keeping the faith. You know what? Me and Leon have a connection that will never go away. You know why? Because I had a little tiny part in Leon coming to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. And in his world, he will always remember me as that guy that just showed up every day with a smile on my face, singing about the Lord, and, and being sensitive to his questions. You know, because, hey, you know, when people, they, they get so much, and they're like, that's all I want. You know, that's when you stop. Amen. You respect them. And so, uh, they'll always be there. But, but listen, God wants to use our storm to be revealing to someone else so that somebody else can also see this is how you go through a storm. Are you all with me today? Amen. Storms are transforming. The disciples learned themselves. They learned something about themselves. They became more self-aware that night. Amen. They became more aware about themselves and they also became more aware about God. Amen. When we, ha when we go through a storm, we learn something. Even if we kind of go through it piddly, we still learn something. We learn what our weaknesses are, what we need to shore up on, how much we need to trust God even more, how great God is, what His power is like, what He's able to do. I mean, we get the message, right, that God is trying to give to us. Okay, we're past the introduction. Are you ready? Here's the takeaway. Now we're down to the message. I'm almost done. Look what happens here. The Bible says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not we perish? Carest thou not we... Don't you care? Don't you care? Let me tell you what happened here. Jesus gets up. And he rebukes the wind and the sea. And he says, peace be still. The Greek words for that, those words, be still, if you look it up in the, in the dictionary, you know what it, it says? It's the same words that are used when they, say, when they want to muzzle the mouth of a dog. To put a muzzle on a dog. You say, what has that got to do with anything? Here's what, here's what it's got to do with. Too often, we got voices speaking into our ears when we are going through a situation or a trial. How many of you know that the enemy wants us to believe? You ever hear those messages? 
And let me tell you where he gets where you get a lot of them. It doesn't always just come through 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 the devil and some demon speaking into your ears. A lot of times it's coming from your relatives. Sometimes it's coming from a well-meaning church member. Hello. Amen. Where people are speaking something negative to you that drags you down and, 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 and hinders your faith. And sometimes we got to just say, you know what? Be still. You know, I don't, I don't care about your doubt. I don't care about your... I don't want to know how your Aunt Mary died of the same thing I died of. I'm dying of. Come on. Amen. I don't want to know what the doctor told your sister Susie or whatever. You know what I want to know is, are you praying for me? Are you believing that God is an all-powerful God who can bring this storm to an end and have a desired end for my favor? Are you hearing me today? Amen. Listen, it's God's will however things turns out. You know, He's the one that's in, in control. And, but but if, I'm, if I'm facing a, a terminal disease or I'm going through a heavy struggle, I don't want somebody telling me how bad things can get. I already know how bad things can get. Amen. I want somebody telling me that, you know what? God is able to bring you out of that, brother. Hey, we serve a God who, who took every sickness on His body when He was nailed to the cross of Calvary. God still heals and He still saves and He still delivers. Amen. He may heal me here. He might heal me there. Either way, I still know that God is still God and I want somebody to speak faith into my ears. I don't want somebody to speak negative stuff to me. Are you following me? And so sometimes we ourselves, amen, had to put our hand up and say, hey, speak to the hand there, buddy. Huh? I don't want to hear it. Man, if you want to pray for me, if you want to give me something encouraging, you want to lift me up, you want to build my faith, I'm all for it. Amen. But don't come around telling me negative stuff because you know what? All you're doing is being a part of the storm that I'm in already. Amen. But Jesus stands up. He rebukes the wind. He rebuked the wind. And He said, peace, be still. And the Bible says the seas became calm. And that word calm literally means tranquility. Tranquility. That's something we don't really feel very much anymore. And then He looks at the disciples. And He says, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? How is it? that you have no faith. Now, you know, I thought about that. I thought about that. If I'm in a boat, and I'm facing a lilaps, <laughs> I got a lilaps in my face, a storm that is turning everything topsy-turvy, with nothing but chaos and winds howling and waves slapping into the boat. The Bible says, it didn't just say water was getting in the boat. The Bible says that the boat was full of water. Amen. It's like you left the plug out. Hello. I mean, you know, it's only going to float so long. And, and so, like, they got a situation, buddy. You know, as old Clooney said, we're in a tight spot. You know? <laughs> Amen. I mean, they got a situation going on. And, and, and so, you know, would it be natural for somebody to, like, be a little concerned? I mean, is that a lack of faith? That you would be a little bit of afraid? Or you have some concern in your heart about how this is all going to work out? Amen. I don't think that's the problem. Amen. If they had came over to Jesus and woke Him up and said, Lord, I know you're resting, but we have a, we have a pretty bad situation going on here. And uh, we, I, think, I think we need your help. Amen. I don't think he would have got up. And, and I think he would have got up and calmed the sea just like he did before. But I don't think he would have looked at him and said, man, you guys ain't got no faith. He would have probably looked at him and said, why didn't you wake me up sooner? I was wondering why my feet were all wet. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he, I doubt seriously he would have rebuked them for the fact that they were acting in a natural way, amen, because there was definitely a situation going on. I mean, if one of them had looked at the other one and said, guys, what are we doing bailing this water? Man, we got God right here. Hello, let's go wake up Jesus. I know he'll take care of us. Huh? You think the Lord would have got up and said, you bunch of faithless weenies? You know? He wouldn't have said that. <laughs> so what, where does this statement come from? 
It comes from what he, the, the way they woke him up. Do you not care? Oh. Now we're not talking about the power of God. We're not talking about whether God can do anything for us. We're not talking about whether or not He, he has the ability to, to fix the problem. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, do you not care? Your nature. We're doubting whether or not you actually love us. We're doubting whether or not you really are who you say you are because, it, listen, if God is who He says He is, we know He cares. Amen. We know that God cares. Are you with me today? I mean, you may not, I remember one time, you know, not a year or so ago, my daughter, she went through a, a trial. And, and, you know, just out of the blue, she had a situation and she ended up losing her job. And, and there was a period of time there we didn't know exactly what was going to happen before she lost her job. And she was going through this trial and it was like, it lasted several weeks. You know? And, and me, she came over to help me paint the upstairs in my bed, my, my house and just me and her and and, and you know, and I've been praying for her. And I, I looked at her that, that morning, and I knew she was struggling, but she is so strong. And, you know, she doesn't complain. She doesn't gripe. She just, you know, so full of grace. I, just the way she is. And, and I, I looked at her, and I said, you know, baby, I don't know what God's going to do. But I do know God. I know what He's made of. And you know what? The strongest thing that we can do, the most peaceful thing that can happen in our hearts and our spirits is that when we're in the middle of a storm, for us not to worry about how it's going to turn out. Because i got news for you. You can't tell the future. Amen. You don't know how it's going to turn out. But this is one thing we do know. I do know the nature of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I do know that God is a God of love. I do know that He said that I am accepted in the Beloved. And that when God sees me and He sees you, it's just like He's looking at His own Son. And He will not forsake us. I know that He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. I know that He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know that the Word of God says that He will stick closer than a brother. Come on, give the Lord praise today. <laughs> Hallelujah! That's what I know. I don't have to know the desired end. I don't have to know how He's going to do it or what means He's going to use to get it done. All i got to know is, is that He is God and He is who He said He is. When Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, how is it you have no faith? He wasn't meaning like you ain't got no faith at all. I mean, these guys done left their homes and jobs and whatever. I mean, you know, they... They were heavily invested in what was going on. They had to have faith for all that stuff, man. But what he was really saying was, how come you have lost your faith in me? You should know better. Come on. I know my wife. I know her. I know what she's made of. I don't ever doubt her. I have 100% trust in her. Why? Because I know her. I know what her spirit is. I know, what, I know the way she thinks. I know her devotion and her commitment to our marriage. I, I know her. Amen. Shouldn't we know Jesus that well? Amen. Hallelujah. The next, Jesus is in the boat with them. Hey, listen. Here's another thing they should have thought about. And this is something we need to think about when we're going through a trial. Jesus was asleep. In the midst of the storm, he was asleep. Christ does not get anxious or depressed about anything. There's never a moment in eternity when God's like, I don't know, I'm really worried about that. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to work out. There's never a moment when God gets worried or depressed or anxious about anything. Amen. Everything in His world, everything is peace. There's not any unrest inside of Christ. You say, well, man, that's God. You know? Well, let me tell you something about Jesus. Let me tell you something about Jesus. The Bible says that Christ, when He left heaven to come to earth, He laid aside His deity. The Bible says that He laid it aside. It doesn't mean that, that anybody took it from Him. He could have picked it up any time He wanted. 
He, he said in the Word of God in one place, nobody, nobody, nobody takes my life. I lay down my life willingly. Amen. He laid on that cross willingly. Nobody, the Romans didn't kill Him. The Jews didn't kill Him. Jesus gave His life. Amen. And, and, and let me tell you something about Jesus. When He laid aside that deity and He came to this earth, Amen. He walked around on this earth as a man who was full of the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized by John, the, the Bible says John the Baptist seen a dove come down and light on the Son of God and he was filled with the, with the Holy Spirit and he went out into the wilderness to be tempted. From, that was the beginning of his ministry. Amen. And everything Christ did, everything he did, we, he did as a man full of the Holy Spirit. So, well, why, why did he do that? Well, I mean, if he was God, why didn't he just do it as God? Because he couldn't have been our example otherwise. Amen. Because we would always be able to say, well, that was him, man. I mean, you know, how can he expect us to do that? That was God. And Jesus said, no. And you know what the Bible says in the book of 1 John, I believe it is? As he is, so are we. As he is in this world, so are we. That's what the Word of God says. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He said amen. Amen. <laughs> when you get an amen from Jesus, you're doing good, buddy. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. As He is in this world, so are we. So, well, wait a minute. I'm flawed. I'm not perfect like Christ. That's true. Amen. But that doesn't mean that Christ can't live through us. We are to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ in everything. So that when we go start going through problems and issues, listen, we don't need to be depressed or anxious. Amen. We need to just rest in the Lord. You know what? Here's a crazy idea right here. Amen. But I believe it could have happened if somebody would have just had a little faith. You know what? If in the midst of all that trial, in the storm, in the winds, and everything happening, amen, you know what? They could've, somebody could have came and woke up Jesus and said, hey, you know, we're in a situation, can you help us? And then, you know, he would have got up, and the, car, and the, weeds, the seas would have been calm. But you know what else they could have done? One of them could have got his pillow and said, you know, eh, I think I'll just take a nap with you, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're sleeping, I don't know why I got to get all upset about it. You know, hey, this boat is kind of like a cradle. It kind of just rocks you to sleep. Wow, no wonder you're sleeping so good, Lord. Oh, by the way, there's a storm out there in case you was wondering. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Kurt. <laughs> no, this is the one I drooled on. I could see. This is the one. He said that's the one he did. <laughs> uh, Oh, uh, yeah, I told him we was going to have some fun today. Two quick takeaways and I'm done. Jesus will always see you through it. Everybody say always. 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 Jesus will always see you through it. Not sometimes. Not most of the time. All the time. Never ever doubt that God has not got your back. I don't know what anybody in here is going through. I don't know what trial you're facing right now. I don't know what you may face tomorrow. But I do know this. That if you got Jesus in your heart, and God, that God is on your side. God is on your side. And let me tell you, when you got God on your side, the Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon. The warfare of our flesh, I mean, is not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. God is able to deliver us from every single situation. And not only is He able, but He will. He will. Amen. The last thing is, is that Jesus wants you to rest in Him.
we got to learn how to rest in Christ. If you've ever been through a situation to where you had a lot of unrest, to where peace was something you could not find, man, when, when it came, it was just like that sea being calm. Amen. You know, whether it was an unrest in your mind, whether it was an unrest in your finances, whether it was an unrest in your marriage or your relationships, whether it was an unrest in your physical body, amen, when the Lord came and He made the sea calm and you started experiencing the tranquility that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ, there is nothing like it. No wonder the Word of God says that it is a peace that passes understanding. A peace that passes understanding because we can't even explain it. It's like His love. You can't explain it. It has to come from Him. He is the author and the finisher of it. He's our source. Amen. Jesus is in your boat. And He's not worried. And He's asking you to just have faith in who He is. And He's asking you to just rest in Him. That's my message for today. Amen. Would you stand with me? Praise the Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for every person that's in this house today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for the example that we have in you, Lord God, that says that we can put our trust in you and not be ashamed. Lord, you will never let us down. You will always be there. God, we may be in a situation right now of our own making. God, perhaps our storm is one that we created. It's still okay. God, you have the answer. You're the solution. You have the, you have the, 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 the words that can speak peace into every one of our situations. If there's anybody in this house today that is going through a storm right now, I pray, God, that their faith would arise that their hearts would just embrace the peace of God, and Lord, that they would just begin to walk anew and fresh today in the power and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just thank You for that. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we praise You today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God.